0: Dear friends, last uh, time we spoke about uh, the Cold War between the United States and China. This time let us look at uh, differences, if any, between the first Cold War that was between the United States and the Soviet Union and this new Cold War. So we shall call it Cold War I and Cold War II. The most important difference is that, is that of historical setting. The First Cold War was there uh, immediately after the Second World War, the most destructive conflict in human history. We do not even know how many human beings were killed by their fellow human beings. Estimates have varied from 35 to 80 million lives, eh? Even the economic destruction caused by the war is difficult to quantify. So, there is no such a historical setting for this Cold War. In fact, if you want a historical parallel, one might go all the way to antiquity in Greece, where There was a Peloponnesian war between Sparta and Athens. Thucydides, the great historian, he wrote the history of the Peloponnesian war. And he said that, explaining how the war occurred, he said that Sparta was the superior power in the region, but the power of Athens was growing. And it was Sparta's fear of Athens, of its growing power, that caused the war. So that parallel we might take. United States is a superpower, but China is a hot contestant. Now, another difference is that uh, there was hardly any economic interaction between Soviet Union and the United States, whereas there is such a strong economic interdependence between the United States and China, in fact I would say that they are Siamese twins, you know, their relationship is symbiotic. One cannot hurt the other without hurting oneself. The third aspect is that uh, in, during the first Cold War, there was a strong ideological appeal, strong appeal of socialism, especially to the decolon, newly decolonized countries. There was also appeal of democracy uh, from America, especially in the West. But uh, I would say that uh, the appeal of socialism was stronger. Now frankly between us, uh, hardly anyone in the world looks admiringly at Chinese uh, political system with the dictatorship of the Communist Party, nor is there much admiration for the American version of uh, democracy. Now we also have to bear in mind that uh, Soviet Union did not have much of an economic or financial might, whereas China is financially very strong and getting stronger. Its GDP is about $14 trillion, whereas America's is about $21-22 The gap has been, uh, you know, sort of getting less and less uh, over the years, and one day Uh, it's quite likely that China will overtake the United States in terms of uh, its GDP but uh, I personally have no doubt that uh, America's military superiority will remain at least for the next four or five years. You know in international relations uh, it's a little difficult to look at a longer time span. Now I just want to. Say word about the Belt and Road Initiative of uh, the United of China, um, which is very difficult to give a figure. But uh, over a period over time, we are looking at uh, you know four to eight trillion dollars of investment by China in uh, more than a hundred countries. Now, if you look at USAID, which is so strong. Uh, during the Cold War, which is now looking at, uh, say, in 2018, it was 47 billion, you know, the USAID obligations. So, so compared to the Chinese initiative, uh, the United States, USAID is uh, uh, dwarfed, so to say. Now the question is, will thereby bipolar world, as we had during the first Cold War? Well, Let me put it this way, there was a bipolar world with the United States leading Western Europe and Japan, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and all that. And of course the Soviet Union had Eastern Europe and other countries too. But there is something wrong with this notion of bipolar world in the sense that there was a non-aligned world which in terms of population was much bigger than the combined population of the two blocks, So I don't expect a bipolar world to come into being. Uh, So I would also say that there is no scope for a non-alignment. But what should uh, India do? In my view, India should keep good relations with the United States, but resist having an embrace, because such an embrace can be suffocating. And with China, India should stand up to China at the border and elsewhere, but in a manner that, you know, India should do its utmost to see that there is no provocation. And uh, that, of course, navigating tricky waters, but I am confident that Indian diplomacy can do it. Thank you.